0: Chapter Seventeen Part One of Principle of Geology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Emanuela Principle of Geology by Charles Lyell. Chapter 17. Part 1. Reproductive effects of rivers. Lake deltas. Growth of the delta of the Upper Rhine in the Lake of Geneva. Computation of the age of deltas. Recent deposits in Lake Superior. Deltas of island seas. Coast of the Po. Artificial Embankments of the Po and Edige Delta of the Po and other rivers entering the Adriatic Rapid Conversion of that Gulf into Land Mineral Characters of the New Deposits Marine Delta of the Rhone Various Proof of its Increase Stony Nature of its Deposits Costs of Asia Minor Delta of the Nile Deltas in lakes. I have already spoken in the fourteenth chapter of the action of running water and of the denuding power of rivers, but we can only form a just conception of the excavating and removing force exerted by such bodies of water when we have the advantage of examining the reproductive effects of the same agents, in other words, of beholding in a palpable form the aggregate amount of matter which they have thrown down at certain points in the alluvial plains, or in the basin of lakes and seas. Yet it will appear, when we consider the action of currents, that the growth of delta affords a very inadequate standard by which to measure the entire carrying power of running water, since a considerable portion of fluvial sediment is swept far out to sea. Deltas May be divided into first those which are formed in lakes secondly those in island seas where the tides are almost imperceptible and thirdly those on the borders of the ocean the most characteristic distinction between the lacustrine and marine deltas consists in the nature of the organic remains which become embedded in their deposits for in the case of a lake it is obvious that this must consist exclusively of such genera of animals as inhabits the land or the waters of a river or a lake, whereas, in the other case, there will be an admixture, and most frequently a predominance, of animals which inhabit salt water. In regard, however, to the distribution of inorganic matter, the deposits of lakes and seas are formed under very analogous circumstances lake of geneva lakes exemplify the first reproductive operations in which rivers are engaged when they convey the detritus of rocks and the of mineral springs for mountainous regions the accession of new land at the mouth of the rhone at the upper end of the lake of geneva or the liman lake presents us with an example of a considerable thickness of strata which have accumulated since the historical era. This sheet of water is about 37 miles long, and its breadth is from 2 to 8 miles. The shape of the bottom is very regular, the depth having been found by late measurement to vary from 20 to 160 fathoms. The rhone, where it enters at the upper end, is turbid and discolored, but its waters, where it issues at the town of Geneva, are beautifully clear and transparent. An ancient town called Port Valley, Portus Valesiae of the Romans, once situated at the water's edge at the upper end, is now more than a mile and a half inland, this intervening alluvial tract having been acquired in about eight centuries. The remainder of the delta consists of a flat alluvial plain about five or six miles in length composed of sand and mud a little raised above the level of the river and full of marshes Sierra de la beach found after numerous soundings in all parts of the lake that there was a pretty uniform depth of from one hundred twenty to one hundred and sixty fathoms throughout the central region and on approaching the delta the shallowing of the bottom began to be very sensible at a distance of about a mile and three-quarters from the mouth of the rhone. From a line drawn from St. Gingulf to Vevey gives a mean depth of somewhat less than 600 feet, and from that part of the rhone the fluviatal mud is always found along the bottom. We may state, therefore, that the new strata annually produced are thrown down upon a slope about two miles in length, so that, notwithstanding the great depth of the lake, the new deposits are inclined at so slight an angle that the deep of the beds would be termed, in ordinary geological language, horizontal. The strata probably consists of alternation of finer and coarser particles, for during the hotter months, from April to August, when the snows melt, the volume and velocity of the river are greatest, and large quantities of sand, mud, vegetable matter, and driftwood are introduced. But during the rest of the year, the influx is comparatively feeble, so much so that the whole lake, according to Saussure, stands six feet lower. If, then, we could obtain a section of the accumulation formed in the last eight centuries we should see a great series of strata probably from six hundred to nine hundred feet thick the supposed original depth of the head of the lake and nearly two miles in length inclined at a very slight angle in the meantime a great number of small deltas are growing around the borders of the lake at the mouths of rapid torrent which pour in large masses of sand and pebbles the body of water in this torrent is too small to enable them to spread out the transported matter over so extensive an area as the Rhone does. Thus, for example, there is a depth of eighty fathoms within half a mile of the shore, immediately opposite the great torrent which enters east of Rio, so that the depot of the strata is that minor delta must be about four times as great as those deposited by the main river, at the upper extremity of the lake, chronological computations of the age of deltas, the capacity of this basin being now ascertained, it would be an interesting subject of inquiry to determine in what number of years the Liman lake will be converted into a dry land. It would not be very difficult to obtain the elements for such a calculation so as to approximate at least to the quantity of time required for the accomplishment of their result. The number of cubic feet of water annually discharged by the river into the lake being estimated, experiments might be made in the winter and summer months to determine the proportion of matter held in suspension or in chemical solution by the rune. It would be also necessary to allow for the heavier matter drift along at the bottom which might be estimated on hydrostatical principle, when the average size of the gravel and the volume and velocity of the stream at different seasons were known. Supposing all these observations to have been made, it would be more easy to calculate the future than the former progress of the delta, because it would be a laborious task to ascertain, with any degree of precision, the original depth and extent of that part of the lake which is already filled up even if this information were actually obtained by borings it would only enable us to approximate within a certain number of centuries to the time when the rhone began to form its present delta but it would not give us the date of the origin of the liman lake in its present form because the river may have flowed into it for a thousand of years without importing any sediment whatever such would have been the case if the waters had first passed through a chain of upper lakes and that this was actually the fact seems indicated by the course of the rhone between martigny and the lake of geneva and still more decidedly by the channels of many of its principal feeders if we ascend for example the valley through which the Dranse flows we find that it consists of a succession of basins one above the other in each of which there is a wide expanse of flat alluvial lands separated from the next basin by a rocky gorge once perhaps the barrier of a lake the river seems to have filled these lakes one after the other and to have partially cut through the barriers some of which it is still gradually eroding to a greater depth before therefore. We can pretend even to hazard a conjecture as to the era at which the principal delta of Lake Liman or any other delta commenced. We must be throughoutly acquainted with geographical features and geological history of the whole system of higher valleys which communicate with the main stream, and all the changes which they have undergone since the last series of convulsions which agitated and altered the face of the country. Lake Superior Lake Superior is the largest body of fresh water in the world, being above one thousand and seventy hundred geographical miles in circumference when we follow the sinuosities of its coasts, and its length on a curved line drawn through its centre, being more than four hundred, and an extreme breadth above one hundred and fifty geographical miles. Its surface is nearly as large as the whole of England its average depth varies from eighty to one hundred and fifty fathoms but according to captain bayfield there is a reason to think that its greatest depth would not be overrated at two hundred fathoms so that its bottom is in some parts nearly six hundred feet below the level of the atlantic its surface being about as much above it there are appearances in different parts of this as of the other canadian lakes leading us to infer that its water formerly occupied a higher level than they reached at the present for at a considerable distance from the present shores parallel lines of rolled stones and shells are seen rising one above the other like the seats of an amphitheater these ancient lines of shingle are exactly similar to the present beaches in most bays and they often attain an elevation of 40 or 50 feet above the present level. As the heaviest gales of wind do not raise the waters more than 3 or 4 feet, the elevated beaches have, by some, been referred to the subsidence of the lake at former periods, in consequence of the wearing down of its barrier, by others to the upraising of the shores by earthquakes, like those which have produced similar phenomena on the coast of Chile. The streams which discharge their waters into Lake Superior are several hundred in number, without reckoning those of smaller size, and the quantity of water supplied by them is many times greater than that discharged at the falls of St. Mary, the only outlet. The evaporation, therefore, is very great and such as may be expected from so vast an extent of surface on the northern side which is encircled by primary mountains the rivers sweep in many large boulders with smaller gravel and sand chiefly composed of granitic and trap rocks there are also currents in the lake in various directions caused by the continued prevalence of strong winds and to their influence we may attribute the diffusion of finer mud Far and wide over great areas, for by numerous soundings made during Captain Bayfield's survey, it was ascertained that the bottom consists generally of a very adhesive clay, containing shells of the species at present existing in the lake. When exposed to the air, this clay immediately becomes indurated in so great a degree as to require a smart blow to break it. It effervesces slightly with diluted nitric acid and is of different colors in different parts of the lake in one district blue in another red and in a third white hardening into a substance resembling pipe clay from these statements the geologist will not fail to remark how closely these recent lacustrine formations in america resemble the tertiary argileus and calcareous mass of lacustrine origin in central france in both cases many of the general shells most abundant as limnea and planorbis are the same and in regard to other classes of organic remains there must be the closest analogy as i shall endeavour more fully to explain when speaking of the embedding of plants and animals in recent deposits deltas of inland seas having thus briefly considered some of the clacustrine deltas now in progress We may next turn our attention to those of inland seas. Course of the Po The Po affords an instructive example of the manner in which a great river bears down to the sea the matter poured into it by a multitude of tributaries, descending from lofty chains of mountains. The changes gradually effected in the great plain of northern Italy, since the time of the Roman Republic, are considerable extensive lakes and marshes have been gradually filled up as doors near placentia parma and cremona and many have been drained naturally by the deepening of the beds of rivers deserted river courses are not unfrequent as that of the serio morto which formerly fell into the adda in lombardy the po also itself has often deviated from its course having after the year 1390 deserted part of the territory of cremona and invaded that of parma its sole channel being still recognizable and bearing the name of po morto there is also an old channel of the po in the territory of parma called po vecchio which was abandoned in the twelfth century when a great number of towns were destroyed artificial embankments of italian rivers to check these and similar aberrations a general system of embankment has been adopted and the po adige and almost all their tributaries are now confined between high artificial banks the increased velocity acquired by stream thus closed in enabled them to convey a much larger portion of foreign matter to the sea and consequently the deltas of the po and adige have gained far more rapidly on the adriatic since the practice of embankment became almost universal but although more sediment is borne to the sea part of the sand and mud which in the natural state of things would be spread out by annual inundations over the plain now subsides in the bottom of the river channels and their capacity being thereby diminished it is necessary in order to prevent inundation in the following spring to extract the matter from the bed and to add it to the banks of the river hence it happens that these streams now traverse the plain on the top of high mountains like the waters of aqueducts and at ferrara the surface of the po has become more elevated than the roofs of the houses the magnitude of these barriers is a subject of increasing expense and anxiety it having been sometimes found necessary to give an additional height of nearly one foot to the banks of the adige and Po. In a single season, the practice of embankment was adopted in some of the Italian rivers as early as the thirteenth century and Dante, writing in the beginning of the fourteenth, describes in the seventh circle of hell a rivulet of tears separated from a burning sanding desert by embankments, like those which between Ghent and Bruges were raised against the ocean, or those which as erected along the brenta to defend their villas on the melting of the alpine snows quali fiamminghi tra guzzante e bruggia temendo il fiotto che in verlor s'avventa fanno lo schermo perchè il mar si fuggia e quali padovan lungo la brenta per difender lor ville e lor castelli che carentano il caldo senta inferno canto quindicesimo in the Adriatic, from the northern part of the Gulf of Trieste, where the enters, down to the south of Ravenna, there is an interrupted series of recent accessions of land, more than 100 miles in length, which, within the last 2,000 years, have increased from 2 to 20 miles in breadth. A line of sandbars of great length has been formed nearly all along the western coast of this gulf, inside of which are lagoons such as those of Venice and the large lagoon of Comacchio, 20 miles in diameter. Newly deposited mud brought down by the streams is continually lessening the depth of the lagoons and converting part of them into meadows. The Isonzo, Tagliamento, Piave, Brenta, Adige, and Po, beside many other inferior rivers, contribute to the disadvantage of the coastline and to the shallowing of the lagoons and the gulf. Delta of the Po The Po and the Edige may now be considered as entering by one common delta for two branches of the adige are connected with arms of the po and thus the principal delta has been pushed out beyond those bars which separate the lagoons from the sea the rate of the advance of this new land has been accelerated as before stated since the system of embarking the rivers became general especially at that point where the po and adige enter the waters are no longer permitted to spread themselves far and wide over the plains and to leave behind them the larger portion of their sediment mountain torrents also have become more turbid since the clearing away of the forests which once clothed the southern flanks of the alps it is calculated that the mean rate of advance of the delta of the po on the adriatic between the years twelve hundred and sixteen hundred was 25 yards or meters a year whereas the mean annual gain from 1600 to 1804 was 70 meters adria was a seaport in the time of augustus and had in ancient times given its name to the gulf it is now about 20 italian miles inland ravenna was also a seaport and is now about four miles from the main sea yet even before the practice of embankment was introduced the alluvium of the po advanced with rapidity on the adriatic for spina a very ancient city originally built in the district of dravenna at the mouth of the great arm of the po was so early as the commencement of our era eleven miles distant from the sea but although so many rivers are rapidly converting the adriatic into land it appears by the observation of More law that since the time of the romans there has been a general subsidence of the coast and bed of the sea in the same region to the amount of five feet so that the advance of the new-made land has not been so fast as it would have been had the level of the coast remained unaltered the signs of a much greater depression anterior to the historical period have also been brought to light by an Athesian well, bored in 1847 to the depth of more than 400 feet, which still failed to penetrate through the modern fluviatile deposit. The ogre passed chiefly through beds of sand and clay, but at four several depths, one of them very near the bottom of the excavation, it pierced beds of turf. Or accumulations of vegetable matter precisely similar to those now formed superficially on the extreme borders of the Adriatic. Hence, we learn that a considerable area of what was once land has sunk down 400 feet in the course of ages. The greatest depth of the Adriatic between Dalmatia and the mouths of the Po is 22 fathoms but a large part of the Gulf of Trieste and the Adriatic, opposite Venice, is less than 12 fathoms deep. Farther to the south, where it is less affected by the influx of great rivers, the Gulf deepens considerably. Donati, after dredging the bottom, discovered the new deposits to consist partly of mud and partly of rock, the rock being formed of calcareous matter and crusting shells. He also ascertained that particular species of testacea were grouped together in certain places and were becoming slowly incorporated with the mud or calcareous precipitates. Olivi also found some deposits of sand and others of mud extending half way across the gulf, and he states that their distribution along the bottom was evidently determined by the prevailing current. It is probable, therefore. That the finer sediment of all the rivers at the head of the Adriatic may be intermingled by the influence of the current, and all the central parts of the Gulf may be considered as slowly filling up with horizontal deposits similar to those of the subapennine hills, and containing many of the same species of shells. The Po merely introduced at present fine sand and mud, for it carries no pebbles farther than the spot where it joins the trevia west of piacenza near the northern borders of the basin dis tagliamento and many other streams are forming immense beds of sand and some conglomerates for here some high mountains of alpine limestone approach within a few miles of the sea in the time of the romans the hot baths of Monfalcone were on one of several islands of alpine limestone between which and the mainland on the north was a channel of the sea about a mile broad this channel is now converted into a grassy plain which surrounds the islands on all sides among the numerous changes on this coast we find that the present channel of the isonzo is several miles to the west of its ancient bed in part of which at ronchi The old Roman bridge which crossed the Via Appia was lately found buried in fluviatile silt. End of chapter 17, part 1. Recording by Emanuela.